0: this episode of Comedy Rewind. Is Dodgeball the film with Ben Stiller's wildest and craziest role? Is Vince Vaughn as the leading man low-key just as sleazy as the villain by today's standards of decency? Why is there a pirate in this movie? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. Rewind. Rewind? Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Eight Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, Johnny Peck, and joining me, Simon the Pirate Blackburn. How are you doing? If you can
1: dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I've uh, just freshly rewatched Dodgeball um, after nice. after a long time, so I'm very keen to. To see how the how our you know our thoughts are from uh, back then and today.
0: Yeah, for sure. This is definitely one that I have watched a lot over the years, especially after it came out. It's it's got that like almost instant like rewatchability to it. I reckon where like if you went to see it at the movies, maybe you, you would have hired it like on DVD as soon mm, as you could absolutely to, to watch it again with your friends. Yeah, and uh, just such an amazing cast too. Like it's. It's stacked, oh, yeah. It's it is so stacked. Like when we get to "What have you done for me lately," it's it's gonna take a long time because you know this e- era. It's not uncommon for a lot of these actors to work together, but it just keeps going and going and going. And even some of the like lesser known people at the time have done quite a lot since then. So yeah, it's it's gonna be fun to mm. to look back. I, but uh, yeah, yeah
1: and, and that was actually the thing that I noticed um, after watching this afternoon. How like the that where it is in time two thousand four and it it really became either like like a almost like a launching pad or a a boost for a lot of people's careers something in Vince Vaughn definitely Justin Long Alan Tudyk Jason Bateman um and and it's it's very interesting in that way because it's kind of like once I think about that year so this was you know year twelve for me um and I can't really remember watching anything featuring. Jason Bateman and stuff before that. I think the only thing I'd seen Justin Long in around that time was um, Jeepers Creepers, you know. And so, <laughs> so it's uh, it's it definitely introduced me to a lot of people that I then, you know, later down the track, oh, that's the guy from Dodgeball, and it, it, that sort of became a bit of a recurring thing. That's the person from Dodgeball. So um, yeah, I thought that was that was quite interesting.
0: Yeah, um, Justin Long had had an interesting. Early career because he was on those like Mac and PC. Mac versus ads, PC, probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, but I remembered watching him from Galaxy Quest, and I think that was it's he's almost uh, playing the same character yep, as he yep. did in that movie. Just kind of the geeky like high school age kind of kid, mm. uh, and he'd been on he'd been on that TV show called Ed. I don't know if you remember that rem- about the bowling alley lawyer with Jonathan Kavanaugh.
1: Vaguely, vaguely, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, he—I guess he was a guy, but uh, yeah, it's interesting looking at what had happened after that, and this might have been like his peak as far as like prominent roles and that kind of thing. Uh, Yeah, 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 that's
1: true. It's sort of like after the fact you you expect to see him in some form of indie film, pretty much. Um, Yeah, pretty much. You're right. Yeah,
0: and Vince Vaughn, like this kind of. Almost solidified him in in comedy, I think, because he had done uh, old school the year prior mm. to this, I believe, and then you know he was he was more or less the lead role in that, but it was kind of still like the Will Ferrell show, and yeah, I think even though Ben Stiller is taking a lot of the laughs in this movie, Vince, it's like Vince Vaughn is kind of carrying it as far as like he's the lead. And then after this it was wedding crashes and you know everything that, that came after that so yeah I think it if you if you kind of conjure just one Vince Vaughan movie it's either to me wedding crashes or, or this uh, yeah I feel like um,
1: up there. this definitely put him on that path of becoming the token Vince Vaughan like this is what you expect from him yeah. in, in a comedy and wedding crashes was like a, an accentuated version of this and then he sort of becomes i guess a bit um his his role in comedies and stuff from this point he almost just amplifies like the the reactions and the speaking over the top of people and stuff whereas <laughs> this, this this dodgeball one is very much like a, it's it's all there but he, mm-hmm. he isn't he isn't pushing it quite as much it works so well for the film though but um it, it yeah. is very interesting because you know he's in what jurassic park Lost World or something, but he's such a minor. Yeah, and he's certainly and, not playing this type of role. So, um, yeah. and he was
0: also he was also like in the Psycho remake in the late nineties as oh, well. Oh, okay, yep, yep. Which is like when you think about Vince Vaughn now, that's so not what you think of. <laughs> it's, it's just bizarre that he would, uh, I guess, pursue that dramatic kind of area before coming back hard to comedies. Mm. Isn't yeah, he in like, that so, recent
1: film like that? horror film came out just this year
0: uh yeah but i think he has kind of i should ask having some ask of Kat, i know yeah.
1: um cat uh, ben stead would know about that but uh <laughs> yeah yeah i'm pretty sure and that was that took me by surprise as well because i was like you just see him as comedy guy
0: yeah for sure <clears throat> and the supporting cast after after kind of ben Stiller and viz fawn's so good with like Rip Torn, who we heard your impression of right off the top. <laughs> um, like, what? Like, I know he did a lot of things, but to me, it's like Men in Black, Dodgeball. Like, they're the two big are, literally, like, my, my generation. I
1: can't think of anything else that he's in. Like, he's so good as Agent K. K. In. Men uh, no, Black.
0: he's. I think so K is the Tommy Lee Jones Tommy Lee Jones one.
1: J is Will Smith
0: yeah I can't remember his letter yeah, L anyway, or something I don't know yeah and ah. so
1: and, and Men in Black's one of my favourite films where I was, I'm kind of letting myself down and I forgot his name but yeah yeah you, you picture him that and his voice and then it's like here's a sweaty beaten up foul mouthed guy in a racist. in a wheelchair racist yeah in, and it's like okay um and then, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. It's like, I'm, I'm sure there's great stuff in his catalogue. I really should just look up the IMDb, but I had never seen him prior to Men in Black.
0: Yeah. And then Stephen Root's a guy who, not really probably a household name, but if you're a big comedy fan, you would mm. have been, like seen him in things. And he was on news radio with, in a great role. And obviously, um, Office Space with another guy from this movie, Gary Cole. So... Had a lot of iconic roles, but this one is like they gave him a lot to work with and really uh, accentuate what what he's good at, which is that kind of off the wall, kind of older, <laughs> chaotic gentleman.
1: It's so weird because when he came on and he's, and and you first see him start speaking and he's trying to give uh, you know Vince Vaughn's character all the updates and stuff, and I'm like, surely everyone knows someone like this, like there is. I've worked with yes. <laughs> people of older generations that are just love to talk, but they're into something just yeah, they're, they're always into something different. They're not uh they're not much like people of their generation, and then and they very much want to to engage with you all the time. And I feel like as soon as there was that, and he's kind of he's got that sort of nervous uh you know attitude and stuff around about him, I was like, man, I know so mm. many people like this. <laughs>
0: We should probably talk about Ben Stiller a little bit before we like get into the categories mm. and stuff. His role as White Goodman is insane. Um, <laughs> this could be like the most over the top character that he's like ever played, which is saying a lot because there's so many, like including Zoolander. Zoolander, but yeah, yep. I think White Goodman as you know the <laughs> the corporate gym overlord is so like he could say anything and it would just work like there's nothing that would be too ridiculous for this character uh and they just really push it to the absolute limit from like the you know the pump in his pump up crotch crotch to like electric shocking himself when he wants to take a bite of the donut like there's nothing that would surprise you with this character he's just so bizarre and kind of twisted and it's and then at, at the same time he's you know, somewhat charismatic. He's got this following. He's built up this business from scratch and he's um, very overconfident. But uh, deep down, he's like, I I, I guess he feels like deep down he's he's a fat guy and he can't shake that feeling that that's who he was and he hates that part of Mm, him. mm. You know, I, I guess the message from like, you know, Joe's gym or average Joe's is like, it doesn't matter, you know, what you look like, but his gym is like, you know the motto is literally we're better than you and yep. we know it <laughs> and uh it, it's just it's like he's compensating for something so I, I really love that character for him and how ridiculous it is
1: how ridiculously macho he wants to be just be on all the time and thinking that <laughs> thinking that everyone loves him including you know him approaching uh cape beach so yeah it's uh sure. it it is interesting and i'm sure we'll get into it there are Obviously, the way the character's written, the ways it pushes over certain lines, but yeah. for for that character, it, it yeah he, he carries it so well.
0: He does. So, interesting kind of backstory with this movie is that it, they struggled to get it made for a while. There's a lot of studios that passed on it, including some like really big studios, and then 20th Century Fox finally agreed to it when Ben Stiller reduced his salary to well under a million dollars which is really nothing for a guy at that point of his career like he was on fire he'd done obviously meet the parents he'd done uh you know the sequel to that he'd done zoolander he was making box office gold basically like he couldn't do any wrong as far as how much his movies were making so i can't believe anyone really resisted this to the point that he had to take a, a minor salary but well for, for for someone like him and the movie made 124 million dollars off a 23 million dollar budget so quite successful maybe not up there with like meet the fuckers and and whatever else he's worked on in that decade but uh yeah it's always funny to look back at the hindsight of, of that and see that uh, I, i'm sure there's a lot of studio executives kicking themselves over that one
1: Oh definitely and you can see things like that came out afterwards like Balls of Fury and stuff like that where they've tried to think okay let's take a, a sort of yeah. semi semi less popular sport and try and push it into some wacky comedy.
0: Yeah, do you remember uh, your experiences with this movie when it came out as a you know the lead up to it or afterwards because to me like dodgeball was always just a PE activity never really expected to see a movie made about it, it doesn't really follow that traditional kind of sports movie cliche too much, and I think they play with some of those stereotypes and expectations a lot in this movie, which really makes it stand out, it's got that whole, I guess, underdog aspect to it, which is is pretty common in sports movies, but really turned up to like 11 in this one.
1: Yeah, definitely, for me, it's funny, I've only ever... um... So I I grew up in in Brisbane and the first time I ever played dodgeball was in high school there I only played it got to play for a few games in, in a year then I moved over to WA and I've just never seen any schools play it, um, which is very interesting. So I didn't I wasn't even thinking of it as like an Australian relatable kind of school sport. Um, that being said, I just uh, I think this was one of those on a whim type films where you know, year, year twelve for me, you know, graduating year, bunch of friends. Yep, it's got it's got the names in there, the trailer looks funny, you know, let's go see it, super quotable, all that sort of stuff. But mm. there wasn't I don't really remember distinct build up or and obviously social media wasn't even a thing. So yeah, yeah, it, it sort of then just more in my memory became like a yep, I rented the heck out of it. I own two copies of it on D V D weirdly like one is in one of those like comedy twin packs um right and yeah yeah and so that's how i ended up with two copies but and then it just that that's what it became it just became the similar to like the mean girls and things like that it became the let's put on something that's easy to watch and um mm. but yeah you know right before this episode as i said re-watched it but it's been a good seven maybe eight years since i've seen it um so yeah de- the well that being said i don't really put discs in dvd
0: players anymore so (laughs) i had to find out where it was dizzy plus yeah fire it up nice yeah it's funny with the dvds like are you like a, a commentary watcher like do you ever watch those parts of dvds i watch it
1: with weirdly with music DVDs where they're like comment, right. so it's like this is the band in the studio and they're commenting about their experience back then, yada. But okay. with actual films, I've probably only ever done it once. Um, but yeah, I don't know what have have you have you seen this one with the commentary?
0: I haven't, but I I was reading in my research that there's like a staged fight between the people doing the commentary, <laughs> so it just ends like. <laughs> like 30 minutes into it, I guess it's probably Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn and whoever else was there. They just end up having this big blow up and storming off. And they play like the commentary for there's something about Mary for the rest of the movie. <laughs> so <laughs> with with kind of the, the falling out of DVDs, I wonder if all these commentary tracks are just going to be lost to time or whether they'll become part of streaming services. Because I actually really enjoy watching them sometimes it's more entertaining than the movie itself if you've mm. already seen the movie a bunch of times like a, a really great or, or kind of famous example is uh Ben Affleck and um uh who's the oh, and Michael Bay rewatching the um Armageddon Armageddon okay do, yeah. doing the doing the commentary <laughs> for Armageddon and you know Ben uh, Affleck being you know quite an esteemed Movie maker himself, yes, he's yeah. kind of like picking the movie to shreds <laughs> and like talking about how ridiculous it is, like, like how you know, unrealistic a certain scene might be, or whatever. And, and I what's think the that, span uh, of
1: time between the commentary and the film?
0: Uh, I mean, DVDs weren't really happening until like what 2002, Two, yeah so at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it must have been at least five years. Yeah, okay, fair and, enough. Yeah, no. So, yeah, it sounds like, uh, I think things got, they got uh, kind of bickering at each other, which I need to, I think you you can kind of look them up on YouTube and find like little sections of them, which is always Mm. quite fun. But uh, yeah, I I hope that they make their way to streaming services because if it's a movie you have seen a bunch of times, you know, it's kind of like listening to a a podcast like this, but with the actual people who made the movie.
1: well it's weird because of my um, how little I've used them I assumed that commentaries would come with things like um, when you do a digital purchase
0: yeah interesting but I haven't actually I I, I
1: haven't actually checked I just assumed (laughs) it was there buried amongst subtitles and stuff like that
0: (laughs) yeah well uh, let's move on to the Rotten Tomatoes score do you have any guesses for where this one might sit
1: Hmm. they're never as high as I want them to be Uh, (laughs) so
0: 65? 71. Ooh, so close enough. Close slightly enough. better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I can see that it's probably silly enough that some critics didn't like it, you know. But uh, all, all the comments that I found when I was looking through were <laughs> surprisingly along the similar lines. I've got a quote here from Rolling Stone. It says, This masterpiece of modern cinema depends upon a single truism. A guy getting hit in the nuts a hundred times in a row is funny a hundred times. So, uh, yeah, a lot of the uh, a lot of the reviews mentioned, you know, guys getting hit in the nuts. So I, I guess that is uh, a a joke or a style of joke that some critics might not like. But seventy one percent still still quite good.
1: Yeah, that's definitely as I said. I said sixty five. So thinking like, okay, yeah. You know, set the uh set the bar lower. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's actually... Um, I'm quite surprised at that one.
0: Sure. Okay, number one song when Dodgeball released. Any guesses? Mm. September 2004.
1: September 2004. Is the number one in Australia again or is it...
0: Yeah, Arias.
1: Okay, Arias. Um, or... It is a
0: band. I'll give you some hits. It is a band, but it is a pop tune, definitely. Oh, man, no.
1: I I'm, I'm can't believe I'm getting stumped on this one. Um, is, it, is it in like the vein of like, a, like it would be popular on Triple J and mainstream radio? No,
0: nah, just just nah. mainstream. Definitely. Bugger. Uh, I'm
1: sure I would have bagged it at the time, knowing me. Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs>
0: so it's, it's Maroon 5, She Will Be Loved.
1: Oh, yeah, no,
0: that's fine. That's fine.
1: That, that was one of those it's, things that like they came out and, and I used to be like, uh, you know, lame or whatever. And then it's like years later, find out how many people love that album. Um, so, yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. What have you done for me lately? We have a, a quite a list of, uh, of people here to get through. Uh, Vince Vaughn was just on like a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode like a year ago. Playing a character, which I find weird because that's a a TV show where often celebrities are just playing themselves. So it's kind of, I I would have thought he was a big enough star to to play himself. But anyway, he's also in a film coming out soon with Kristen Bell called Queen Pins. Christine Taylor, who at the time was Ben Stiller's wife. She uh, is in the new iCarly reboot for an episode. Yeah, I've seen
1: heaps of ads for that just today. Oh, just online. Like I've just—it keeps popping up on Twitter, like a Twitter ad for Paramount Plus. Icarly, yeah.
0: There you go. I—I I missed the boat with Icarly. I oh I don't same. Really I I only ever heart, remember her heartbeat as heartbeat. the girl from the School of Rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Miranda Miranda Cosgrove. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Uh, so Ben Stiller is also involved with that Queen Pins movie I mentioned more as a producer, I believe, um, and. Hasn't really done a whole lot of acting lately. It's more that writing that he's kind of been filling that that niche mm, uh, and mm. occasional appearances in TV shows and, and film and that kind of thing, which is interesting. I guess he's made his money as an actor for sure. And I don't know, maybe he enjoys being behind the camera the last time i saw him was a, a video like talking about some charity and his hair was like completely white like ted dancing well, that's white.
1: that's what i was going to say by the time he actually comes back to a known film or in, in the lead enough of a lead role he's mm. going to look significantly aged
0: yeah <laughs> it's funny with actors that you just remember them as obviously the last time you saw them so they can age very quickly <laughs> <that in> mind. <laughs> well
1: as as was the case with 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 rip torn <laughs> yeah. It's like Men in Black. <laughs> then
0: this, <laughs> yeah. It's only, it's only, and it's only six years later. But uh, anyway, Stephen Root, uh, who we talked about before, was in Masters of the Universe, which just came out at like a month or so ago. Yep. Also okay. working on a Blade Runner TV show. I don't know if that's animated or live action, but that's interesting. Anyway,
1: mm. it seems. Yeah, you know, out- it sounds like the thing that would be animated.
0: But yeah. yeah. Have you checked out the Masters of the Universe at all?
1: No, I, I def I definitely want to, um, because I always find that interesting. I guess within our age groups, we don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you do, I don't really have a connection to that because it came out that bit before. Yeah. Sure, um yeah. And so, and so I kind of like the idea of sort of going in into it fresh, and it also. Looking cooler and not so juicy. like, yeah. <laughs> and the fact it's Kevin Smith, so, yeah,
0: yeah, and a, you know, interesting voice cast too. Justin Long, also oh. in Masters of the Universe, yeah, so well. a bit of a, a small world in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, Chris Chris Williams, who plays Dwight in this film, the black guy, I guess the token black guy, yeah, just that little little bit of diversity, uh, is. In a series called Upload, which is on Amazon Prime, have you heard of that one or seen? It? Yeah,
1: yeah, I've seen, I've seen season one of it. Yep.
0: Yeah, so yeah. he's the dad of um, like the main uh, character that mm. uh, is, I guess, sick, and she's trying to upload him into this avatar. It, it, yeah, world. It,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, I also remember him mainly as the assistant in Silicon Valley. Okay, sure. He's the assistant to the. Jeff Bezos type guy. Uh, yeah, but anyway, and he, that same type of role, that really like intense eye contact, earnest sort of um, type type delivery. And he, mm. yeah, he definitely has that in this film as well. So that's sort of like the Chris Williams style, mm. but to the point that I recognized him, but I couldn't tell you no. his name. I had to look it up. <laughs> yeah.
0: so. I, f- I found it curious that they named his character Dwight because- Ben Stiller's character is White Goodman. Yep. So I I was often confused about, like, who they were talking about when they did refer to him.
1: I mean, Justin is Justin as well in this film.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Imaginative. Uh, Joel David Moore, who plays Owen, Owen, a very kind of geeky... uh, Well, one of the very geeky, I guess, (laughs) uh, characters. (laughs) Yeah. Quite a handsome chap and very successful from the, the Avatar films. So he's in all the Avatars, which... That's where
1: he's from. Because yeah, he's one we're... of those guys that's like, I've seen you in many things. And yep, Avatar straight up.
0: Yeah. Yep. So when you actually click on like his IMDb, it's like Avatar 2, Avatar 3, Avatar 4, <laughs> <laughs> Avatar 5. Like post-production. When they drop them all or... like back yeah. to back. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we have... um. A lot to look forward to from him if if we're planning to see those Avatar movies. Imagine being like, I know, they filmed them like what six seven years ago, did they? Mm, mm. they yeah, they, having... they must have. I just,
1: it's so long since the first one. The first one had its yeah. wow factor at the time, and then now it's like wildly maligned by many. I think because mm. of the, the such high pedestal it was put on at the time, so people either still. Yes. Love it or think it's good for the time versus people being like, no, it's overrated. So, um, the, the fact it's that a they it's bizarre get, thing. Yeah, it's dragged out this far to then get sequel after sequel. I don't know. I feel like it's gonna meld into one. Um, unfortunately,
0: it's so weird. Like, sure, make sequels, but like, why? <laughs> why take so long? And like, why not just release them as they're done? Like, it seems. Mm. It seems such like such a strange thing to for, for all these people to work on it years and years ago, and then they're just sitting there waiting for it to come out so that they can. I was know, I, get... I was
1: kind of wondering whether like so the first Avatar was held up so much for its CGI and all this you know three D stuff that it's almost like CGI has come so far that it's hmm. like they go to release it and go no this this we got to achieve this next level of CGI it's like we, we can never they're trying to drop it at a level that can impress everyone but that bar is so high or something maybe it's that i don't know
0: who knows who really knows it could be anything i'm sure that 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 it's out there but i think that when it comes out it's so like it's almost probably underrated now because people have Have talked it down so much yeah so i feel like it'll come out and probably wow people again but anyway, that's a that's a tangent and a half. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan Tudyk's the last one I'll mention. Doing a lot of voice acting now. He's Joker and and a few other characters in Harley Quinn. He's in Modoc, Final Space. Raya and The Last Dragon. Mm. He's had mm. a he's had a great career really. But I've actually been just watching him a lot recently in Con Man. Have you seen this web series that he wrote and directed?
1: Oh, cool. I mean I'm, i I do like his work, so yeah, it's what that's that just on YouTube or something or?
0: Uh it's well it's on Amazon Prime now and I don't know where it appeared. It may be on the internet somewhere as well. Yeah. But it was like a it was like a Kickstarter thing at each episode, it's like ten minutes long Mm. but he's essentially playing like a fictionalized version of a actor like himself who was on a famous sci-fi series and now has to go to all the conventions (laughs) and he's always dealing with like the sci-fi fans and trying to find more work that's not sci-fi that's cool and living in the shadow of this of this tv series that he did with nathan uh, nathan fillion character Uh, so there's a lot of um you know (laughs) the
1: ultimate like <laughs> follow on from it's very meta. in some weird way. Yeah, it is very meta. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's it's very funny too. And he's not afraid to poke fun at himself. He's a great actor, Alan Tudyk, and um this because he's written it, I feel like it's really just like perfect for his kind of mm. quirky, off the wall kind of performance. Oh, yeah. W- right. Which he does
1: very well in um in Night's Tale as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and, so and that's this like movie angle. as a as, as a pirate is um <laughs> Well, quite jarring, <laughs> like he just—he's just like from a different movie, basically. Yeah, yeah. And you never really—it's a character that I don't love the character because it's just like I, I want to know why. Like, why is he like this? Like, there's no backstory for just why this guy thinks he's a pirate.
1: We need like a dark, dramatic prequel or something. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like I, uh, you know, he was raised by, you know jamaicans or like just something that's like (laughs) something that's why like yeah yeah like
1: pirate thing is yeah
0: (laughs) or like you know maybe his parents healing he only had one vhs tape and it was like you know i don't know some 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 uh, robinson crusoe or something yeah exactly (laughs) who knows it's just it's just randomly he's a pirate and he dresses like a pirate (laughs) but but anyway um We might get to that later. What is the most 2000s moment of dodgeball, Simon?
1: I feel like it's actually the TV sets. You see two of them. You see Pete's TV at the start, but I feel like that is particularly like an older one because he's sort of like, you know, he can't really afford much, yada, yada, yada. But the TV at the bar in Vegas, then when he's just Uh briefly like watching the the game through it, it's, I'm like, man, I've, I've, I forgot that this was the point where 16 by nine and stuff wasn't standard. (laughs) Mm. Um, And, uh, and even just the fact that it's that bit chunkier. um, I feel like, yeah, that, uh, and then the other thing mainly for me is just the style of Pepper Brooks. Like he's the token extreme sports host style guy, but (laughs) the the big spiky hair and like the, the, the type of clothing he's wearing and everything and trying to be like, yo, yo sort of like almost like a, yeah, like that extreme sports. Like I'm, I'm cool, guys. Um, it, even though it, it, you are meant to be, you know, it's making fun of that type of thing. I feel like I'm yeah. trying to think. Okay, those sorts of shows were particularly, <laughs> uh, you know, two thousands. So yeah, I feel like just that yeah. character, what it's based on,
0: X Games kind of thing. Yeah, mm. it's interesting because Jason Bateman is almost too old to play that type of character. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, who cares? Because he's, he's but, so but, funny. But
1: then that, that in <laughs> itself is kind of like what some of those hosts are like, where they're they, they are, sure. they're trying to appeal to 16-year-olds, but they're like, you know, 28 or something at the time.
0: <laughs> That's it. So the thing I had was the <laughs> answering machine. So you have that sequence at the start of the movie. Oh, he's yeah. He's just going through all these voicemails of, of all these overdue bills and everything. And... That's like anytime you see an answering machine, like a physical thing that <laughs> yeah. sits next to the phone, it just takes me back to like Seinfeld, like that, that like 90s era where that was just used so much in, in as plot device and, and that kind of thing in the 90s. And when you think of 2000s, you kind of think of like, oh, that's when mobile phones came in. Mm. So to see, I guess, almost mid 2000s still sticking with the. The voicemail machine and everything—it's uh, yeah—that that definitely took me to the two thousands because it was really the last moment for the answering machine. That is
1: true. I, I also feel like um, having Lance Armstrong as the cameo because because he was <laughs> yes. particularly famous at that point in time, and the scandal hadn't come out yet. So absolutely,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have him in what holds up the worst, but we'll get. To that. <laughs> oh, just,
1: just just one one real quick part. Yeah. So the 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 cover, the poster, big chunky uh-huh. red font, comedy. Is it was this the start do you feel like of where this trend started where you just they would release a is a new comedy coming out, a new American comedy and it had a big heavy red font and white background and it's got like the combination I feel like as a film design trend. I don't right. remember seeing it prior to this but you know what I'm talking about right like where that sort of
0: yeah I'm trying to sort to think of design of, I'm trying to think of anything else that may have have used it but uh, yeah it would be hard to track it back to to where it began but it's certainly mm. a prominent example of it yeah yeah
1: yeah mm.
0: All yeah interesting it is it's fascinating to see like you can you can almost pick the era of a Film just based on the style Did, of the poster design Train,
1: absolutely. Yeah, and it's an
0: innate thing. It's it's not always simple to explain, but uh it's also changed. Like I feel like the '80s style of movie poster has come back. The whole like collage of oh, like, the, oh, that you big would, time, like like you would associate with you know the Star Wars movies and Indiana mm-hmm, Jones mm-hmm. and Blade. All Runner. the
1: MCU stuff. Yeah, and totally the, the that new back. June poster's got it. Like, yeah, um, I know exactly what I mean. It's like let's combine that idea, but make it like as high res and multi lighting, epic as possible, sort of thing.
0: Yeah. All right, so we'll move on to the most iconic scene. Is there one that stood out for you?
1: The one that I always feel like springs to mind every time I think of dodgeball is just that first time of throwing wrenches. And and Justin not <laughs> getting hit for the first time because that yeah. was what was in the trailer. That's always what I think about the training routine. Um, a, another two along with that is when they accidentally get the bondage uniforms always, right. <laughs> and they have to first come out onto onto the onto the court per se. Um, mm. And as well as when Gordon gets angry when he engages his skills and he sees the wife in the crowd and he gets angry that. I, I love that bit just for his character, um, you know, breaking out, it, everything that's sort of like beating him down, it seems to be pointed to like, mm. you know, th- th- this this wife that he has and yeah, and then he taps into that, um, Rip Torn being like, you got to get angry and stuff and that just actually <laughs> coming to fruition. I just, even though, yeah, it is a comedy, you know, he still wants sorts of this stuff, but when that part happened, I was like, this is kind of like that little emotional breakthrough for the guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a cool moment. The two things that I had were the introduction to Globo Gym when you—it's <laughs> basically that like it's like it's it's a TV ad essentially like a yeah. very long ad that's like here's the gym and I started the gym and he takes you you know Ben Stiller's character takes you through the gym and it really sets up the uh, the vibe like the humor <laughs> of the movie yeah. with all the ridiculous uh, <laughs> ridiculous lines and then the villain and this character who's who's essential to the whole thing uh on top of that i think just like the tournament in general like it kind of all bleeds all the action bleeds together Mm. as far as like the commentators keeping things rolling the whole time uh jason bateman's character making the quips and then patches on the sideline the the stupid like cliches of each team like the stereotypes that they play against. It all, <laughs> yeah. it, all, it all kind of like rolls into to one even though it is broken up. It's like day one and day two but um, that's probably the the thing that pops into my head when I think of the movie.
1: The thing that took me by surprise is I always I never remembered them getting to the tournament so quickly. It all seemed to happen. Mm. Like it's an hour and a half film which I guess by today's standards is, seems shorter i guess but um i i, I kind of like that though they sort of like yeah let's cut to the chase we've got our training thing and you know they don't re- sort of really do well semi-montage i guess in a way but yeah they sort of get straight and then half the film is essentially the tournament
0: yeah they really learn on the fly that it doesn't have the traditional sports movie montage of no, like no. <laughs> we're bad and we're getting better and now we've we've figured it out kind of thing they just have to yeah. beat the girl scouts the girl <laughs> and <they> scouts <laughs> and they lose and they lose oh man that's uh, good all right what holds up the best i think it
1: just being a david versus goliath type story um i, yeah. I think it was they, almost they
0: were, it was almost named underdogs and they went with obviously dodgeball dodgeball and uh, a, true, a true, true underdog story yeah, yeah.
1: Um, to the point that even the commentator Cotton McKnight actually says this is a David David vs. story. He says it in the film, and I was like, I mean, they they just they just work, and the fact they can kind of like encapsulate it around just all this like over the top humor and these bunch of misfits and stuff. Um, mm. Yeah, I think I think it works well. I think the. And and the amount of characters as well, like there there are a lot of people in here, as we've said, you know, listing the where are they now sort of type type stuff. But um, they that they, they they didn't put too much. There's definitely I feel like there were films, especially comedy films, that came after this where they've just tried to pack in too much of that wow factor with the cast. Um, mm. and this just hit that right point of like some known names and some up and comers. So I think all of that in in itself holds up.
0: Yeah. It's it's true, and there's only there's probably it's a couple of characters that seem kind of surf. Uh, it's kind of face value because they don't get much time to develop mm. at all. Like you get to develop Justin with his story, with you know the love interest, and then you just mentioned um, Stephen Root's character with his wife and that kind of subplot of getting you know beaten down or whatever. But characters like Dwight and uh, I guess even Steve the pirate as I mentioned before they're the ones that are kind of like surface yeah not really yeah. scratching the surface um but it you know it works you know that they they fill out the crew and they add definitely add some humor to it mm. uh, if yeah, if the sure. movie was yeah if the movie was half an hour longer then that would be a different story but it wouldn't quite have the pacing that it does because it really ticks along like you said like it nothing drags it's certainly no like skippable scenes or anything well it's like the sport itself i guess it's
1: all just back to back just like that's you (laughs) know dodgeball itself really
0: (laughs) yeah yeah there's two things that i had for what holds up the best the first one was the element of like gym culture because in 2004 i don't know about you but not many people were going to the gym as a regular Thing. no that's like, true yeah you're right yeah I, like I, it's at my school there was me and two of my friends who started going to the gym around like 2003 maybe and it was such a novelty for us and we thought we were mm. so cool doing it um really having no idea what we were doing because we were like 15 uh but <laughs> <laughs> now it's like you can't swing it you know, you can't th- th- throw a dead cat or whatever without hitting someone getting ready to go to the gym or, you know, in their leggings and taking selfies in front of them. It's like a whole thing now. Like everybody that wants to get fit, it's like almost the first thing they do is they sign up to the gym. Oh, and they're like 24
1: uh, seven and everything, you know, it's. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I lived in a small town. it was like, there was one gym and now there's yep. like six 24 hour gyms in the, in yeah. the one town <laughs> and they're franchises and they're in like every city.
1: Yeah, no, it is very interesting because because like like um the intro with the Globo gym of like you got to improve, you got to be your best, you know, whatever. As you said, two two thousand four sort of timing that wasn't really a thing, and then as soon as you get like your Instagrams and stuff come in, it's all just like you got to grind, you got to improve, you know. It's like pump a it, pump it, pump it and stuff, and mm. it's like, man. I no, myself and my friends were not like this I mean I'm not like that anyway but even the fit <laughs> the fit sporty people weren't like that so yeah. it's very very interesting shift yeah
0: yeah well w- when I went to the gym it was like you go in there and it was like bodybuilders <laughs> yeah <laughs> like there was people they might not have been at that level but that's what they were going for like they had like the massive shoulders and, and the massive oh. like, chest and everything <laughs> And there was definitely, like, no women in there, for example. And I feel like women would probably make up, like, half at least of the people Mm. that are in there now, probably. It's much more of a, like, it's a a social
1: thing as well, yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I don't know, I can't remember where this film's set, but it feels like a Los Angeles kind of thing. And it wouldn't surprise me if this big corporate gym idea is one that started in a city like that, because it is so much about, like, you know... Hollywood and the music industry and all these things where image and fitness may be so much more important than they would be in other places. So gym culture gets a tick for being ahead of the curve with that. The other one I wanted to mention was just how quotable this movie is. Like there's movies that we've talked about in this podcast that stand the test of time with quotes and there's others that are great movies, but not quotable for whatever reason. Uh, so this one, even if it's just like quirky things that don't even really apply to everyday <laughs> conversations, like, is it necessary to drink my own urine? Like, that's not yeah. something that, you know, it's, it's just like when, when someone says, is it necessary to, d- 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 d, you can just say, well, is it necessary to drink my own yeah, urine? Yeah, yeah. Like, you wouldn't say it like in the office at work or something, but you might say it to one of your friends that you know is yeah. a fan of the movie. <laughs> um, you know, like, you made me bleed my own blood. And then there's the the sequence where he's hitting on, uh, Kate, and he's saying like, how he's got like handcuffs or whatever. And he's like, oh, "I'm just kidding," but seriously, I do have them. But then, seriously, yeah. Like, oh, when he does like, those. Walk, they're kind of like walking it back, <laughs> but then like, you know, putting his foot over the line slightly, like that. That those kinds of of quotes. I don't know if this is the first movie to do that style of joke, but I feel like it's uh, it's an easy one to. I I, to I just love I. I
1: I particularly remember at the time when this came out, everyone doing the not required quotation marks, <laughs> <But yeah. laughs> like he does, like but but specifically the way he does it, like he doesn't do like the proper rabbit ears, he just does the sort of like almost little the like two- double digit point <laughs> like sort of thing. Um, I, yeah, I thought that was great, but I the still to this day, and I'll say in in the office, someone, yeah, okay, this ask for a file or something, they sent it to me, and they're like oh, yeah, yeah. thanks for sending that. I'm like, no, thank you, Chuck Norris, like the amount of times a thank you, Chuck Norris has said. Um, and so by the time it actually came out, I was like, oh, there it is. It's just as good as I remembered.
0: There you are. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, I think that that part of it holds up really well. And we'll probably get mm, to yeah, that more sure. with um, the uh, you know, the internet relevancy test a bit later. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about what holds up the worst. The The thing that I had for this was... The sleaziness of multiple characters. So to start with, I think you can kind of throw out uh, White Goodman's sleaziness because he's the the villain. So it's kind of they're making expected, fun of it. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's kind of like she's disgusted by him. She has that line, that's very uh, famous now. Like I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah, sure, my look.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and she even uh, hits so- him as well when he comes around to her house. Or you know, she actually yeah. like. So it's not a case of he, his sleaziness actually works. She just sees it for the joke that it, like the how desperate <laughs> that you know, he is.
0: Yeah, that's right. But the the thing that is kind of jarring to me is kind of how sleazy Peter is as like the hero of the movie. Um, he's the the leading man, and he's clearly like attracted to to Kate from the start. Mm. but she is rejecting him almost for the entire movie as far as him hitting on her and he just doesn't stop he's kind of relentless in a way that it's not like it it's not like uh, it, it doesn't make me uncomfortable but i know that that type of behavior in real life would be super inappropriate
1: cuz he's yeah. he's just so
0: presumptuous yeah. like he 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 like after he scares away white goodman who comes to her door he like lets himself into her house like he, yeah. she doesn't invite yeah. him in he just <laughs> walks in and he's like oh you've, you've got a house full of unicorns you know it's it's very presumptuous and he's making these like innuendos constantly like basically yeah. from the first time he met her, meets her and he like like he says, like, it's time to put your mouth where our balls are. Like, just little things like that where it's like, oh, it's okay because he's like the lovable kind of like, mm. you know, handsome leading man. But for all he knows, she has no interest in him and he just keeps going with this stuff. And it just feels like that kind of encourages the the, the idea that, you know, if you think that the woman's into you, it's okay to hit on her even if she says she's not into it because she she might really be secretly digging it and you never know unless you like go for it so I just think that 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 really wouldn't I don't think it would would work in today's day uh, day oh yeah
1: absolutely I I feel like it's just that sort of thing or calling that out um, just as a general public knowledge wasn't a thing Hmm. back then and obviously you know there's you know 2004 progressed a lot further from, say, the 50s and stuff like that. <laughs> but still, even that 2004, to, which it always blows my mind that it, that just feels like not that long ago, where really it is, whatever it is, 17 years or so. Um, and, and and a lot's changed in that time. And so, yeah, I think definitely things to do with um, the sleaziness. Um, but for me, the use of LGBT references as like a comedic device particularly mm-hmm. like the she must be a lesbian or the Girl Scout taking steroids or Rip Torn being like, suit yourself queer and stuff like that. Like it's, <laughs> it the whole thing is like, oh no, you can't possibly, or it's like, oh wow, she's a, you know, she's strong. She must be what they say, you know, she must be. And and, and Rip Torn's character, which again, that's part of the character because he's that much older. He's yeah, very inappropriate at, at every angle. Um, yeah. And... There is that balance of like something as you know, like with um the whole Globo gym thing. That's how the how White Goodman's written, so you can laugh at it. But as you say, there is all these other aspects that just sit amongst the normal cast. Yeah. Um, where you're just like, man, the, I, I I that's exactly how I felt like watching it just several hours ago. Was I was like, wow, this really is everywhere, isn't it? It's just. And when, when I saw it at the time at the movies, I wouldn't have even thought,
0: had a second thought because yeah, a lot of other totally. movies
1: had that sort of thing in it. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's something where it's like for, for the the heroes of the movie talking about this, they're not, I guess, doing it in a malicious way, but it's still jarring. It's butt- just ingrained, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's even like, a, like in that... Um, obscure sports monthly or whatever the cover is like midget tossing and like yes, even today yeah. like you wouldn't even call it call it that because that would be like not PC today as well I, I so, think I think
1: yeah. one of the ones that really stuck out to me is and I, and I was sort of thinking by this point I was like okay maybe I've seen like the worst of it um, and then when Riptorn Torn is like it's like watching a bunch of R word trying to hump a ball out there and I was like <laughs> I was like, yeah. man, because 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 I know back in two thousand four times high school times, you would just be like, "Ah, that's hilarious" or whatever. And then it's yeah. like now when I, when yeah you know, when I sort of hear that as well as having you know like ha- having a child that has a has a disability, it's just like you're hyper aware of like mm, yeah. people that would actually use that word in a in a in in that way. Um, and so, yeah, it is very interesting, like back then and now, just sort of how you, how you view that sort of thing. Um, but yeah. I also think, yeah, particularly the the Lance Armstrong being like, "and I won Tour de France five times in a row," yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, that didn't quite uh, <laughs> quite work out
0: afterwards. Yeah, it doesn't hold up um, in the fact that it's Lance Armstrong. Which is a, such a shame because it's such a great scene, and he oh, delivers it, it yep. so well. And it's it, like the actual writing of it is genius. Where he's like, "Oh, like I'm sure you've got a really good excuse." And he, even when he says, "Like, you know, if we never gave up, if you never gave up on your dreams, you wouldn't have anything to regret for the rest of your life." Like the yeah. deadpan delivery of it works so well. I just wish it was not Lance Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's like, he guess, you know, I'm, when he just says, sort of says him, well, I'm sure you're dealing with, you know, whatever you're dying from. He's like, oh, it's, it's guilt, you know? <laughs>
0: uh, so yeah, good. It's good stuff. All right. Uh, who would be most offended? I think we've kind of just covered that with, you know, there's, by my account, four different types of minorities that have, sl- like, somewhat slurs against them in this film. Mm. Um, on top of that, there's a few, like, there's a lot of racial stereotypes whether it's like the germans or the you know the i think they're japanese wearing like the basically like towel like sumo style yep yeah i can't remember what 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 you actually call that but it's just like playing on like almost like like the the
1: hip-hop guys and stuff yeah Yeah, exactly
0: it's almost like south park level of satire which it is that kind of movie so you can kind of get away with it but maybe not now i i don't know
1: yeah i i I don't think they l- lent too hard into it again like I feel like they spent more focus on say that initial German team but then after that it happened so quickly i I feel yeah. like it, it it just still works because it's like the each team has a theme um yeah. you know yeah but i I actually feel like the one that stuck out the most from like a racial sense was them just doing the history about dodgeball with like in China, in the opium den or whatever. God. And I was just like, man, this is... And, like, I know it's meant to be an old video that they're watching, but I was just like, damn. you Yeah. Know? Um, so anything sort of geared around Rip uh, Torn you know, Patches, uh, <laughs> you know, the character of Patches. Um, but, yeah, I do feel like, while we've discussed uh, White, White Goodman and, and how he is, there would be, when you talk about being most offended, because he's got this hyper macho sexual aggression, I there may be some people that even though I feel like most people would recognise the joke, mm. it might not sit that well um, with them, particularly <clears throat> if someone has been you know victim of being like harassed and, and stuff like that. Yeah, but I, I I feel like even watching it now, just purely from my perspective, and I haven't experienced anything uh, like that on the receiving end. You know, i i didn't I didn't cringe
0: too much because he is a cringy character by default. Yeah, and he's also so cartoony that it would be pretty wild if you had someone in your life that was to that, like to that extent. Yeah, and
1: I I think it's similar to like when we were pointing out uh, uh, in The Mask when he's like, you know, the French the French version he's on and he's on the. It's kind of like it's so cartoony. That you know, if that was a, n- a normal, non cartoony character in real life, that would be extremely wrong, but mm-hmm. you're viewing it through a different lens. So it is, it's, yeah, it is a tough one.
0: Yeah. So does Dodgeball pass the internet relevancy test? I would say 100%. Like it's up there with almost any movie we've talked about, as far as like mm-hmm. seeing the GIFs and memes and stuff on Twitter. The Chuck Norris thumbs up is always used. Yep. Bold, bold strategy, cotton strategy cotton. I've seen always that always there. Like it's so out many there. times. <laughs> um, and I'm sure there's there's other quotes. Those that, are the two um, that always spring to mind. Yeah. 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 For sure. There's probably a Hasselhoff one or two <laughs> as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, how would modern smartphones and social media change dodgeball? I don't know, maybe you've got some ideas on this, but I don't know if it would change it a whole lot. I think Peter LeFleur would be the type of character that's like, oh, I'm not on Facebook. He's got that vibe about him. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, there's um, like the, sp- the spy camera scene. Uh, and I think-
1: Yeah, that's exactly what sprung to mind. I was like, yeah, they would repl- might replace a couple cutouts, a spying technique with someone's planted their Sorry. phone or they've seen him through a window or whatever. Uh, yeah. And the only other thing I can think of is the tournament itself would be streaming on someone's phone rather than being watched at a TV at a bar maybe. Um, yeah. But that's well, that's about it really.
0: Or it could even be like we're just broadcasting ourselves so much more these days. So it could just be like they're literally just on Justin's Instagram page and they see this video of you know what Kate's able to do with, with the dodgeball. Um, yeah, so, that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a few little things like that, I guess, and uh, I I I think uh, <laughs> I think White Goodman would be like an influencer. He'd have like his, his Instagram oh, absolutely. page. Absolutely. He'd be yep. doing yep. his like Instagram lives with with his workout routine and everything. <laughs> so and, and that show like,
1: like that show like a back and forth reel. Like he does a flex and it does the reverse and it does another flex or something. Yeah um there would be like a like a a remix to the to the, the crotch <laughs> pumping sort of thing or something. I don't know.
0: Funny enough he kind of is like I think he is on YouTube at one stage or a similar style. Like he's watching a video on his laptop with the donut. It's like the Patton Oswalt's voice talking about like you know the the cooking show or something. Yeah, yeah. But it is, since it's 2004 it's probably a DVD, <laughs> not like streaming.
1: Oh, I also, I also forgot about the uh, him with the the pizza down the pants scene, <laughs> getting oh. caught by Michelle. <laughs>
0: oh man! And he's just That's standing a... there.
1: He's just like, yeah, can not you knock or whatever? And there's this like half piece of pizza just like hanging out the top. Oh. Yeah, like
0: like I said, nothing he does could really be weirder. <laughs> All right, uh, could you make the movie today? And what would the 2021 version be? Apparently there's a dodgeball two in the works, according to mm. IMDb. I don't know how far along it is, but apparently uh, Ben Stiller is attached. Apparently Vince Vaughn's attached, so I'm curious I'm just... where, where they're going. I don't like. It seems like 17 years is a long time for a sequel to a movie like this.
1: <laughs> I'm curious, but then Zoolander two didn't land. Yeah, well, no. so I don't have I don't have high hopes for it. But hopefully they can mm. do something with it. Maybe it's like he's got kids now i was like, oh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> they're, well, they're gonna have to do thing. something if they're in the film they're gonna yeah. be visually aged so
0: well on top of that like peter won what 50 mil five million dollars was it at the end of yep. the movie yeah. yeah so you know he bought this gym you know the gym industry's only gotten better since then so i can't imagine that it would have backfired on him but uh yeah they really have to to have the same kind of underdog story, they'd really have to come up with some way to flip the script with uh, the way mm, that movie ended, mm. with with Dwight Goodman, you know, back to his obese couch, Nutty professor style yep. ways. <laughs> oh man,
1: <laughs> those those shiny fat suits. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're 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 pretty bad, aren't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially when um, he's like. In the in the end credits, he's doing like his milkshake dance and stuff. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh twenty twenty one. It definitely taking out the sequel altogether. It definitely feels yeah. way too soon to even bother with a, a remake. I don't definitely don't think it needs a remake, but I do think you could almost do like a spiritual successor. So you could do another not so well known sport. It's like it's known, but it's not a bi- baseball basketball sort of thing. Mm. And then I thought maybe you could. Take it down even more, like indie, and do like an Australian version around T-ball, or something like that. You know, just <laughs> something that we all know yeah. that's not right up there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I if they said, oh, we're we're remaking, and the thing is, I don't. They don't. They certainly don't remake comedies to the to the level that they do remakes of other genres of film. So sure.
0: yeah, yeah. No, I think I, think, I, think just, I was, just leave it. If I was in charge of Dodgeball Two. Uh, it would be like okay, dodgeball has been accepted into the Olympic Games for twenty twenty two or whatever. You know, we get we yep. get these new sports every time, and America has to pull together. You know, a team, and they're gonna go to the, you know, t- to their classic champion Peter Lafleur come out of retirement. He's the new patches yep. O'Houlihan. Yep. <laughs> and you've got you've got some like younger. Uh, Actor in the kind of Peter role and then Ben Stiller, maybe he's coaching like, I don't know, the the Russian team or something like, you know, on the other side. It's kind of that Mighty Ducks style thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, So, yeah, yeah, I I, I don't know. I I think that could work. That could work. But um, yeah, those guys are definitely too old to be jumping around and wearing headbands and blindfolds. (laughs) Uh, Okay. The Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi a real spark plug there's a few people here there's no there's no like surefire winners but who've you got
1: for me it's owen for me yeah. it's owen i, I just I, I i love his he gets his little <laughs> love arc but just like just the scene stealers particularly the one where what he says um the other guy says to him about like oh you know steve the and he's just like there's a pirate on, on our team or whatever. like that whole running joke is so good um but yeah like just just the encapsulation of, of, of him in just that really tall lanky form and as you said he's he's a geek he's not a he's not a nerd he's not overly smart he's in fact he's very mm. quite vapid in, in, in that way and that's what makes it so good um so i don't know like as you were sort of saying, they are relatively sort of equally set, but to him, to me, uh, Owen st- sticks out, yeah.
0: Sure. So as far as like the the guys that kind of show up for a, a shorter amount of time and kind of, you know, have their moment to, to light things up, Hank Azaria as like the young Patches O'Houlihan yeah, like, is, is classic in that, that black and white video. And he gives us the the classic line as well, like the, the duck, that sorry, the dodge duck dip dive and dodge you and know. dodge. Yeah, there we just the stall. <laughs> That's so
1: good. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's, what is it like the the American Dodgeball Association of America of America? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hasselhoff gets a couple of of good moments uh, playing himself. I, I find it kind of unusual that William Shatner is just cast in this movie as a character when you do have like and not yeah. Yeah, like you, you've got David Hasselhoff playing himself. You've got Chuck Norris playing himself. Chuck and, Norris, yeah. and then a similar style figure in William Shatner who's playing like the Dodgeball Association president. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> it's very jarring because it set, it's set you up. It's like, oh, this is set in the real world. You know, there's Lance Armstrong. There's Hasselhoff. There's, you know... Star Trek guy, and he's not playing Star Trek guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to give him any credit, but to, for nah. me, the winner of this is, is Jason Bateman because Gary Cole, who we haven't really talked about, is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that second half of the movie mm. as like the play by play announcer, um, and they've cleverly given him a lot of lines that are references to real sports moments, quoting like big yeah. big things in sport. Um, But Jason Bateman, he only chips in every now and then, but every time he does, it's, it's great. Like it's, it's a memorable line. It's, it's something that you don't really expect to come out of his mouth and, Bold strategy, just, cotton is like the the moment that. Uh, <laughs> all right. I just when he puts the blindfold yeah. on, he will not be able to yeah, see. Be it. able to see that well, that's ex- oh, I laugh so much at that,
1: even this afternoon, because I forgot that was coming, um, yeah. and and that's what's great. Uh, or oh, when he goes, <laughs> um, Gary Cole's character is like, "It's a menage a trois of pain." He goes, "They normally pay double for that kind of action." It's just like <laughs> so quick. That's uh, good.
0: <laughs> yep. so I, I'm going to give it to Jason Bateman. It's, uh, it's hard to go yeah. past that that humor. So we're wrapping it up now. Is uh, Dodgeball still a good movie?
1: Uh it it is. It was definitely coming around to the viewing today. It was definitely built up in my head as probably being funnier. I remember always being like, I love Dodgeball. Dodgeball's great. Got on DVD. It's so good. It's like one of my favorites. And even though I still, I was like, this is. I feel like maybe because a combination of I knew the jokes that were coming as well as mm-hmm. some of the some of the cringe factor of the what holds up worst that's that was a bit surprising but to me it's still a solid eight out of ten so yeah. it's still good it's just probably not I think maybe when I saw it I was like it's like a nine or something but yeah it, it, I think it's more it, the thing that pulled it back for me is that like oh my goodness LGBT sort of type humor that, just would not land well today but um as something new but overall still good yeah
0: yeah and then it ends like it's a big kicker at the end like oh i'm bisexual and she like kisses no. out.
1: <laughs> yeah it's like she spent all this time being like no i'm the level-headed one i'm in control like i'm, yeah, the lawyer, I'm- yeah, you know, I've got the powerful throw and everything, and then it just becomes like almost like this his fantasy at the end, and that yeah. it kind of fell apart awkwardly. Like yeah. it, it's funny <laughs> at the time when you watch it and you're a teenager or whatever, but now I'm like, man, they sort of built her up and then they kind of just undid it there. But
0: yeah, it's it's a yeah. odd kind of choice, but hey, two thousand four. I I think with the the context of the time that it was made, that it's a defensible film for the most part. It's yeah, certainly yeah. quite funny to, to rewatch. And as problematic, I guess as you could say, as Patches is. Like, he's still like one of the funnier characters in the movie, which mm-hmm. says a lot about everything else that he does. And, like, Rip Torn's delivery in itself uh, is just um, worthy of a lot of praise. Uh, I think everyone has, you know, despite them all being outcasts, they all have their unique kind of characters they all stand out from each other that no two Mm. of them are the same even though you know they're all kind of geeks and freaks but they all have their own thing so i think that the the ensemble element of the film works so well the the villain is perfect for a comedy you know you want to see him fail but you also want to see what he has to say next so there's definitely if and if you're a Ben Stiller fan, there's definitely a lot to enjoy on the rewatch. Oh, it's, it's so, yeah, it's definitely yeah. I,
1: because I think around the time when you think about Ben Stiller and his comedies, it's like when he does the extreme personalities like this one Zoolander and stuff like that. I, it's like it's awesome because it's like he's he's put putting something completely sort of himself into it and he's developed this character for the film and then you sort of then had just like coasting Ben Stiller that's still great you know in meet yeah. the Focus and stuff but yeah. he is essentially the same sort of guy then he's in a film with Jennifer Aniston there's a you know sort of thing and it's like i'll watch it and i like it and i love Ben Stiller but when he does a character that's
0: yeah <laughs> yeah there's there's kind of two Ben Stillers isn't there there's the like you said, there's the meet the fuckers, the along came Polly, you know, heartbreak kid, like just kind of quiet, yeah, that's quiet of, yeah. like he's kind of like the quiet, shy guy that can like explode and get really angry all of a sudden. Mm, mm. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, kind of like a, t- a slightly toned down Mr. Furious from from Mystery Man. And then there is like, yes. you said, there's, yes. there's just him having a whole lot of fun, like Tropic Thunder, this, um, Zoolander. So and Rando, yeah, just just those those wild roles that I guess he stopped doing eventually. Now he does like indie movies or like very reserved, yeah, like yeah. mumblecore kind of kind of stuff, which works for him too. Um, because oh, know him, in, um, him in him uh, in
1: oh, what's it called? Uh, Walter Walter Wal- Mitty. Walter Mitty. Oh, I love yeah. that because that was something where it's kind of like I thought it was going to be one thing and then it wasn't, and even though he is still kind of that. But you know, like visually and everything. Okay, here's that. As you expect, Ben Stiller. Um, mm-hmm. I, what you were saying, he pushes into this sort of like indie side of stuff, and I feel like that gave him a chance to flex different skills without being a wacky character.
0: Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, dodgeball, and we want to thank you for joining us. Of course, you can subscribe to the podcast if it's your first time. Share it with your friends. Uh, of course, we love the ratings and reviews, so head over to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser to, to drop one of those for Comedy Rewind and the rest of the fantastic podcasts in the uh, 8-bit network. And Simon, uh, which podcasts should people be doing that for if they want to support you?
1: Uh, yeah, so basically, it's uh, probably last time I appeared on this show, I said, oh, I have a, I have a podcast called Take My Turn that's yep. currently on hiatus, but I'm going to bring it back. Still in that status, okay. but now that I finally uh, finally moved into, I uh, had, had a lot of uh, personal things going on in the sense of like building a new house and and a new baby and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Got that all, all, all sort of settling down. Um, I'm recording this podcast first time, not inside a car, so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, not not the, if you're listening, not that you can see this, but yeah anyway that's a whole thing and so um yeah so i'll tweak this setup and then i'll be able to get take my tone back underway so uh you can still search it in your podcast player um music music's discovery style podcast uh where myself and a guest pitch a pitch a song uh to each other when we sort of dissect it and yeah decide what you know whether our uh, whether we sort of agree on stuff and whether our our thoughts uh, contrast on it so yeah i've had about roughly seventy or so episodes uh, in there, but um, yeah, if you if you subscribe, you'll be sure to be there when I do finally bring it back.
0: <laughs> that's it, and I'm sure it's very evergreen content where it doesn't matter if it's recent or it's old; it's still you know the much music like this show. Up and, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah,
0: that's it. All right. Well, where can people catch you on the socials, Simon?
1: Uh, Twitter at Precise Path, um, that's pretty much it because. Unfortunately, these days, I think Facebook is a bit of a trash heap. Uh- <laughs> yeah. No arguments yeah, but- from me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and Instagram, I check in every now and then, but Twitter's the main thing.
0: Sure. So you can catch me on socials at Jono himself. Uh, you can, uh, of course, support the 8-Bit Network through our Kofi page, which is ko-fi.com slash are 8 bit And there's a whole lot of great perks you can get over there, including the 8-bit founder's coin, the 8-bit family portrait, you can be drawn in a way that will immortalize you as a Star Wars character of your choice. So there's still a chance to be involved in that, I believe. But there's also just, uh, you know, even smaller perks from as little as $1 a month to help keep things rolling over here. But for now, dear listeners, thank you for joining us on Comedy Rewind. Be kind.